Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Burt Show. Kristen is bringing in this list today. I guess we're going to get all philosophical here. Uh, I think I have had, and I'm going to I'm going to purposely be a little bit cryptic here, um, an epiphany over the course of the last couple of months that you. I, I think when you have the personality of sort of a fighter, that you can fight and fight and fight until you get to a miserable point before you say, okay, it's time for me to change the situation. Now I'm miserable. And I think I've just now started to realize you don't have to get to that point. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't have to get to that <laughs> low to be able to go, you know what? Yeah. It's time for a change. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw this headline, the eight most common ways people make themselves miserable according to a philosopher. And I found it intriguing. And then I read the article and I found it incredibly interesting, learned something new. And so I wanted to share it in case it could be beneficial to any of you guys or anybody listening. I mean, I think everybody goes through miserable times in their Mm -hmm. life, right? But as a general rule, if you find like life is miserable, it's time to take a left turn. Mm -hmm. So this is from Jessica Stillman. She's a contributor at Inc.com. And I didn't realize that there is a phenomenon called subtraction bias. People tend to prefer to solve problems by addition rather than subtraction. So you look at your life and you're miserable. miserable. So you feel like you have to add a bunch of stuff. Like I gotta meditate or I gotta do yoga or I, I need to get a hobby or I need to go out and party or I need to like hang out with friends rather than looking at your life and subtracting things, yeah. right? So it's called subtraction bias and it's very common for many people. So in this article, you're gonna hear from two experts, okay? First, you have Harvard happiness researcher. Yes, that is a job. His name is Arthur Brooks. And he recently pointed out in The Atlantic, we can improve well-being by adding joy to our lives, but we can also achieve the same aim by subtracting misery. So yeah, when I was talking about that addition, some of that stuff is very beneficial, but don't get so consumed with adding things that you forget, hey, let me look at my life and see what I might need to subtract Hmm. in order to achieve happiness and joy and get rid of misery. That makes sense. sense. Right? right? Yeah, I think being a happy researcher is a stressful job. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) I do. He's probably miserable. (laughs) (laughs) So you have Arthur Brooks, who's a Harvard happiness research, and then you also have Bertrand Russell, and he is a philosopher, a Nobel laureate, and he he believed unhappiness to be very largely due to mistaken views of the world. And he broke down some common misery-inducing mistakes into these eight categories. Okay. And as with most things, 
it's so obvious. Did this guy go to Harvard also or is this a Kennesaw State grad? <laughs> well, I don't know. He was writing stuff in the 30s, so I'm <laughs> okay. not really sure right. uh, what, what where he went. So number one, fashionable pessimism. In plenty of circles these days, being grumpy and cynical mm. is taken as a sign of depth and intelligence. This is not a new phenomenon. Brooks points out, melancholy was all the rage in Victorian times too. Choosing moodiness to look cool was dumb then, mm -hmm. continued to be dumb in Russell's time when he mocked it mercilessly and is dumb now. So it's one thing, you know, to, it's, it's not, you know, complaining is one thing and then being able to vent and talk about what's going on is another. But if you are constantly grumpy and cynical, that is mm -hmm. going to affect your mood. For sure. Number two, social comparison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially nowadays, That's man. Big one. Russell believed that what most people fear is not falling into destitution, but that they will fail to outshine their neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, keeping up with the Joneses is a never-ending game that can lead to lifelong discontent. And if you don't believe the Nobel Laureate, there's modern science to prove it. Sure. The solution to social comparison, according to Russell, is to focus on what you have and feel grateful. Yeah, you could avoid that back in the 30s when old boy wrote this, but I mean, nowadays you can't, right? I mean, mm -hmm. with social media, it's a t completely different problem. Mm -hmm. Well, remember, we have one bite guy in the 30s and one guy from today, So, because you, you got your happiness researcher. Now, envy is next on the list. They go closely linked to the above mistake. Envy is the condition of feeling bad because someone else has more than you. So Russell's proposed this cure for envy. Whoever wishes to increase human happiness must wish to increase admiration mm. rather than suffer because of other people's excellence, celebrate and learn from it. Mm. So again, it's like tweaking little mindset stuff. All right, next is evading boredom. We are less bored than our ancestors were, Russell wrote in 1930, but we are more afraid of boredom. So imagine what he would have made of the smartphone area, era. But the truth is, no gadget or streaming service can fully save you from boredom. They can, however, distract you from essential but uncomfortable reflection and creative growth. The solution is to fight to regain your capacity hmm. to just sit quietly and notice the world around you. I can't do that. Uh, that, that whole boredom thing, man. I have fought with it and fought with it, and I am just not good at sitting still. Um, Are you guys... Uh, no, I'm not good okay. at it. I, mm -hmm. nah, nah, now that I think about it, not at all. I just know I'm going to have that problem, but no. Yeah, I'm terrible at it when I get a chance to do it. When we sort of sit still, I can lay in bed, but if I'm laying in bed, I got my laptop there, I got my phone there, <laughs> right. I got the TV on. Like, my mind, my body may be still, but my mind is, like, reeling. Yeah, we went through this a couple weeks ago, and my therapist said, yeah, she could just look out of her window for an hour. I'm like, what? Yeah, your life no sucks, bro. No, but it doesn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got about a minute of looking out a window at me. That's it. <laughs> All right, so there's four more. Do you want to save them for tomorrow? You want to keep blowing through them? Your call. All right. So next on the list is coping with fear. Mm. Anxiety has only increased since Russell's day, and it remains a thief of joy. Russell believed that anxiety is rooted in fear of some danger we are unwilling to face. Now, Brooks, the happiness researcher, notes before highlighting modern science on the uh, biological basis of anxiety disorders. But whatever the cause of your free-floating fear... Not going to the effort of finding ways to tame it will make you miserable. So if you are struggling with anxiety, and th these are very real mental health issues, instead of just struggling in silence, you're going to have to take charge and do something about it. Next up is senseless guilt. 
Should you feel guilty and make amends if you did something wrong and hurt someone? Of course. But Russell argued against a baseless sense of sin or feeling guilty just because you are doing well and others are doing mm-hmm. less well. Mm-hmm. Oh, survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> oh, you finally got one on the list. I heard that. <laughs> All right. Our second to last one, virtuous victimhood. Russell again feels ahead of his time with his warning against playing the victim. Russell was critical of what he called persecution mania, in which one is perpetually the victim mm. of ingratitude, unkindness, and treachery. One version of this is what some researchers have called virtuous victimhood, explains Brooks. Of course, sometimes people really are victims of injustice, but putting unending victimhood at the heart of your identity is a recipe for unhappiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is my biggest pet peeve with some people. I know. Is this whole victim thing, man. That's Everything happens to them, not for them. Everybody's against. That's my biggest pet peeve. And there are legit victims. Mm-hmm. And then there are legit people who have virtuous victimhood. Yeah, those are really good. And then last one, fear of public opinion. Mm. According to hospice nurses and others who work with the dying, among the most common deathbed regrets is living a life you thought others expected of you rather than the one that was true to you. Russell apparently would not have been surprised. One should, as a rule, and this is coming from Russell, one should, as a rule, respect public opinion in so far as is necessary to avoid starvation and to keep out of prison. But anything that goes beyond this <laughs> is voluntary submission to an unnecessary tyranny. Hey Amen. And all this social media and everything, we're all up in each other's business now. So mm-hmm. it's so hard to avoid some of these things. I know it's hard to avoid and it's so much easier to feed into wanting mm-hmm. like that public opinion and wanting the likes and the DMs. Trust me, I'm the, I'm the number one person <laughs> who wants that. But social when I read, media is definitely embedded mm-hmm. in a lot of that. Right. But when I read through that list, I was like... While some of it was a little wordy and I had to read it a couple times to make sure it sunk in, mm-hmm. I was like, this hit the nail on the head, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, what's the name of the article if people want to look it up? So again, it was by Jessica Stillman. She's a contributor for Inc.com, and it's the eight most common ways people make themselves miserable. Um, Rebecca has the link, and we will share it on our Burt Show socials and also at the website. The Burt Show.